اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم Now, when you failed at something, typically what happens, we start having very negative thoughts, right? We become so sad, so upset, that it's as though we have never enjoyed anything good in our life before. Does it happen? Does it happen? Yes. That we fail at one test, and we feel as if we have always been losers. I mean, come on, you've reached med school. If you were a loser all your life, you wouldn't have failed this exam today. You failed only one exam and you can do it again. It's not the end of the world. Right? So what's necessary? That when we do fail, and Allah makes us fail sometimes, so that we don't become too proud of ourselves. When we do fail, what should we remember? The blessings that we have enjoyed in the past. The good times that we have enjoyed in the past. The success that we have experienced before. And that is exactly what Allah does over here. Allah tells the believers that yes, you have failed at Uhud, but remember how Allah made you victorious in the past? وَلَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِبَدْرٍ And certainly Allah helped you at Badr. Allah definitely helped you at the battle of Badr. You couldn't have been victorious yourselves. Allah is the one who gave you victory at the battle of Badr. وَأَنْتُمْ أَذِلَّهِ And at that time, you were adhillah. Adhillah is the plural of dhalil from the root letters dhal, lam, lam. And this word is used in various ways. Over here it's giving the meaning of weakness. That you were very weak. You did not have any strength. How? You were only 313. You had two horses and 70 camels. That's all that you had. Can you imagine? And you are going to face an army of a thousand men who were well-equipped, who were strong, who were mighty, so much stronger than you. But Allah helped you and Allah gave you victory. وَأَنْتُمْ أَذِلَّهِ Allah says, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ So fear Allah. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you can be grateful. Fear Allah at this point. Don't be so sad and depressed. No, fear Allah. so that you can be grateful. Because a person cannot be grateful unless and until he fears Allah. You have to fear Allah in order to be grateful. Otherwise a feeling of gratitude cannot come. If a person does not have fear of Allah, then what does he think about? The negative things. The things that are missing in his life. The failures in his life. Allah says, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Now, when a believer, he trusts upon Allah, then what happens? Allah also helps him. At the battle of Badr, the Muslims, they trusted upon Allah. And their trust, their tawakkul was very, very strong. Because they knew for sure that with 300 people, they could not possibly win against an army of a thousand men. With two horses, what could they do? With 70 camels, what could they do? With only a few swords and a few arrows, what could they do? So their tawakkul was really, really strong. They put in their maximum effort and they also relied upon Allah. When they relied upon Allah, Allah's help also came. You know, the benefit of tawakkul is that a person becomes more conscious of Allah. When he becomes more conscious of Allah, he prays to Allah even more. He seeks forgiveness from Allah for his past sins. He asks Allah for success. He increases in his righteousness. But when a person... has less tawakkul, then he has less hope, right? 
Then he makes less dua, he seeks less forgiveness, then everything starts going down. Right? So when they trusted upon Allah, Allah also helped them. And this ayah teaches us that without the help of Allah, a person can never ever be victorious. And this is the reason why victory and success should be ascribed only to Allah. A person should never say that, oh, it's this car that I have, it's this money that I have, it's this family that I have. Yes, alhamdulillah, we are grateful for all of these things. But grateful to who? Allah who gave the car, Allah who gave the family, Allah who gave the time and the money and the opportunity and the parents and the guidance that they gave. Right? So, success and victory should be ascribed only to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because success is from Allah. وَلَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمْ He helped you. Help, victory does not come from your resources, from your numbers. Because if that was the case, then the Muslims should have won the battle of Uhud. Right? The Muslims should have won the battle of Hunayn immediately. At the battle of Hunayn, the Muslims were in thousands. Thousands. But what happened? Their numbers did not help. Their numbers did not help. So at the end of the day, it's not your numbers, it's not your resources. It's about whether or not the help of Allah is there for you. And to get the help of Allah, you have to do something to deserve it. And first thing that you have to do is rely upon who? Only Him. Then we also learn over here that the more humble a person is before Allah, the more help of Allah comes to him. وَأَنْتُمْ أَذِلَّهِ You were أَذِلَّهِ You were so weak. So show your weakness before Allah to bring about His mercy on you. When we are in need, we show ourselves before people as the most you know, needy, the most desperate, the most poor people in the world. That you know, I'm hurting so much. You know, my head and my back and my this and my that. And I haven't eaten and my blood sugar level and my blood pressure. As if we're the most unfortunate person in this world. Why? Just so that somebody can come and do the dishes for us. (laughs) Just so that we don't have to cook for that day. I mean, look at the length we go to to earn the mercy of people. But do they become merciful? Not always. Not always. One day your husband will say, today I'll do the dishes for you. And the next day he says, I'll help you in the kitchen. And the third day he says, okay, I'll switch the laundry loads for you. And the fourth day he's like, I think I've helped you quite a lot. I've been so helpful, right? And then you can't say anything. Then you have to do it yourself. We should become adhillah before who? Allah. Show, express your weakness before Allah. Ya Allah, I'm nothing. I can do nothing without your help. I don't know anything. I don't have the confidence. I don't know what to do. You know me. I have nothing. Only you can make me do this. If I've ever been successful in anything in my life, it's because you helped me. So express your weakness before Allah. When you will express it, He will help you. And when a person becomes arrogant... Or when a person shows that he doesn't need Allah, then Allah doesn't even help him. When a person shows that, yeah, you know, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I can do it myself, I'm able. And, oh Allah, if you can, please help me. You know, just to fulfill the obligation of praying, you lift up your hands and you just make one small dua, and that's it. If a person shows ghina to Allah, that 
I don't need you, then Allah also does not help him. That Zakariya salam, what kind of dua did he make? He said, My bones have become weak. And my hair is flamed with white. Meaning I've become so old. And oh Allah, I've never been unblessed by calling on you. Every time I've called you, you've responded to me. So the more weakness you show before Allah, the more He will help you. Then we also learn in this ayah that in difficult times, one should remember and talk about the good times. Okay? It doesn't mean that you don't take a lesson from your failure. No. But you remember the good times to cheer up. You remember the blessings to put a smile on your face. So that you can move on quickly. Because many times it happens when there is a dip, then we stay in that dip and we don't come out. You have to come out. And what will help you come out? The hope that Allah will help you again. Why? Because He helped you before. He granted victory before, He will grant success again. Is the lil mu'minina? O Prophet ﷺ, remember when you were saying to the believers, Alayyakfiyakum, is this not sufficient for you? Yakfiyah from the root letters kafaya, from the word kifaya, which is to be enough, to be sufficient. It is to fulfill the need in such a way, after that, a person doesn't need anything else. Okay? So it is to completely fulfill the need. So remember, O Prophet ﷺ, when you said to the believers, when at the battle of Badr, they are being reminded of the past. At the battle of Badr, when you said to the believers, is this not sufficient for you, ayyumiddakum rabbukum, that your Lord will help you. Yumiddakum, from the root letters, meem dal dal, from amadda yumiddu, which is to provide someone, to supply army, resources, men, support, so it is basically to reinforce. Okay? Like for example, you go somewhere with $500. Okay? You run out of money. So you call your dad and you say, Dad, I've run out of money. Can you please send me some more money? Let's say you're out of town. So he sends you money through money transfer. For example, this is what? Imdad. He has reinforced you. right? He has sent you more. Okay, So is this not sufficient for you that Allah will help you, He will supply you, He will reinforce you بِثَلَاثَةِ alaf With three thousand alaf, plural of alf مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ Angels, munzalin, ones that are sent down. Munzalin is a plural of munzal. And munzal is one who has been sent down. So angels are sent down to you because angels are actually up in the Skies, that's their place. And they come to the earth, do whatever Allah tells them to, and then they go back. Even the kiram and katibin, right? What do they do? They record, and then they report to Allah. Okay? So at the battle of Badr, when the Muslims were only 300, the Prophet ﷺ was praying to Allah, begging Him for help, so much so that Abu Bakr said, that's enough. Because the Prophet ﷺ had lifted up his arms, he was praying, his garment, it fell down, you know, from his arms, his upper garment. Meaning he was so involved in that prayer, he was oblivious to his surroundings. And Abu Bakr was comforting him, it's okay, that's enough, it's enough. So he was praying so much. This is how much they depended on Allah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the good news to the Prophet ﷺ, 
at Badr that you are going to be victorious. And the Prophet ﷺ, he went and he told the companions that is this not enough that Allah will help you with 3,000 angels that He will send down from the skies for your help to participate in the battle, to defend you from your enemy, to fight against your enemy. And this is something that happened. Allah sent angels to participate in the battle of Badr. Allah says, Bala, of course, of course this is sufficient for you. Of course, Allah's help is enough for you. If Allah helps you, you will be victorious. But the help of Allah, it is conditional. Just because you say, I'm a Muslim, just because you say, I'm going in the way of Allah, does not mean you will get the help of Allah automatically. No. The help of Allah is conditional. You have to fulfill certain conditions and then Allah's help will come. And what are those conditions? In tasbiru. The first condition, that you have patience. Secondly, وَتَتَّقُوا And you have taqwa of Allah. Tasbiru, sabr. What does that mean? To remain patient, to persevere, to bear calmly. That at a time when you want to leave, when you want to run away, when you want to avoid, you stay put, you remain firm. You don't give up hope. At a time when you're feeling weak, when you want to give up, you remain at your spot. You keep doing your work. What is this? Sabr. This is just like you're sitting doing your lesson and you're trying to memorize the translation. And you do it seven times. And then you test yourself and you realize you still don't know it that well. One way is that you say, whatever, I don't care, I give up, I quit. And the other is, no, I have to do it. This is something that I have to do. So what do you need at that time? Sabr. You want to close your juice, put it away, and not bother about doing the lesson. But what do you need at that time? Sabr. This is a commitment that I've made with Allah. I have to know the meaning of the verses of the Qur'an. There should be not even one verse of the Qur'an whose meaning I do not know. This is a commitment, a promise that I've made with myself, I've made with Allah, and I am going to do it. So what you need is sabr. And you remain firm. And you try again, and you try again, and you don't give up. A time will come when you will be able to memorize. When you will know the lesson. Unfortunately, the kind of life that we live, everything has to be quick. If there's a recipe that takes more than 45 minutes, we say no. Don't want to try it. Everything should be microwavable. Everything should be freezer bought. You just stick it in the oven and 20 minutes it's ready. Right? We want the meat should be cut from before, the vegetables should be cut from before, all the seasoning should be mixed from before. If the meat is seasoned from before, what more do we want? And if the meat is already on the skewers, what more do we want? And the vegetables also if we can get cut up from before, you know, in a plastic bag and we just stick it in the microwave. Khalas, in 10 minutes the, the dinner is ready. This is the kind of life we live in, right? Impatient we have become. We want everything to happen very quickly. And obviously, if you're sitting for half an hour doing your lesson, it seems like a waste of time. Right? But the thing is, that you have to put in the hard work. There's a difference between food that has been prepared in the microwave and food that has been, you know, cooked. There's a difference between food that is preserved, okay, and food that has really been cooked. 
There's a huge difference in the taste, in the nutritional value, a huge difference. So likewise, something that you learn quickly and something that you learn with sabr, there will be a huge difference. So sabr, if you are patient, you don't give up, you keep working hard, then what will happen? Allah will help you. Allah's help will come. In tansurullaha yansurkum. If you help the cause of Allah, then Allah will help you. But if you do nothing, then how and why do you expect the help of Allah? I mean, who are we? We think we're someone very special? That just because we open the Qur'an within a few seconds, the translation should be embedded in our heads? No. Even the Prophet ﷺ had to undergo so much hardship to receive the Qur'an. Then how can we ever imagine that we read an ayah of the Qur'an once or twice and we should know it? It's not going to happen like that. You have to put in the hard work. So, بَلَا in تَصْبِرُوا And secondly, وَتَتَّقُوا Another condition, taqwa. Fear of Allah. And fear of Allah means staying away from what Allah does not like. Leaving what Allah does not like. And doing what Allah wants you to do. Remember the lecture that Shaykh Abdul Nasser gave and that he mentioned. That one of the things that is essential for learning is what? Leaving sins. Leaving sins. Imam al-Shafiri, he asked his teacher, Wakir, right? That, شَكَوْتُ إِلَى وَكِيرِ سُوءَ حِفْظِي I complained to my teacher Wakir about my bad memory. فَأَوْصَانِي بِتَرْكِ الْمَعَاصِي He told me to leave sins. وَقَالَ إِنَّ الْعِلْمَ نُورِ he said, knowledge is nur, it is light, it's not given to a sinful person. Likewise, the help of Allah does not come to people who are disobedient and sinful. You see, at the battle of Badr, the Muslims were victorious. Until when? Until when? They disobeyed the Prophet So to get the help of Allah, what is necessary? Taqwa of Allah. That means we must leave sins. Open and secret. Small ones and big ones. You know, sometimes we think that little, little things, they don't make much of a difference. They make a lot of difference. A lot of difference. Once I was traveling somewhere when we stayed at somebody's house and there was a very knowledgeable person over there too and in the morning at Fajr time, you know, I felt that they weren't awake. So we went to check. And... Um, they woke up immediately, they got their fajr, alhamdulillah. And afterwards they mentioned that when they came, they saw that there was, you know, like a box full of toys, like stuffed toys and dolls and all that. And they said that, alhamdulillah, in years and years, I haven't missed even a single fajr salah. I feel as though every time, you know, it's fajr, somebody comes and wakes me up. Like, you know, you get that feeling that somebody just woke you up and all of a sudden you're awake. And they said last night when I was going to go to bed, because it's somebody's house, I saw the dolls and the toys all exposed. I had a feeling that you know, the angels might not come. <laughs> because the house in which there is a surah, in which there is taswid, images, angels don't come over there. And then we wonder, we miss our fajr, we delay our prayers, this happens, that happens. It could be something such as this. We're disobeying Allah in a small thing. I'm not saying don't keep dolls and toys in your house. You have them, you have them. But cover them up. Okay, put them away. This is something that's important because otherwise small things can have such a huge effect. Tattaqoo. She's mentioning an incident of a sister who 
said that she kept her house very clean, but still there were some bugs and mice and whatnot. And she didn't know what to do about it. So she mentioned it to somebody and they said, do you backbite? They said, yeah, sometimes. They said, do istighfar. Do istighfar and leave the sin. And she did that. And very soon her house was completely clean. So, وَتَتَّقُوا Once you have taqwa of Allah, you leave sins, Allah's help will come. بَلَا إِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا وَيَأْتُوكُمْ And they come to you. Who comes to you? Your enemy. مِنْ فَوْرِهِمْ هَذَا In their rush, in their haste, in their rage, in their anger. فَوْر is from the root letters فَا وَوْرَا And مِنْ فَوْر is to come immediately, to come at once, to come straight away. So your enemy comes straight away attacking you. And the word minfaur is also used for when a person comes with a lot of zeal, vigor, anger, enthusiasm, you know, to just inflict something, to take revenge, to just do whatever he wants to immediately. And they come to you in their rage, in their haste, attacking you instantly at once. What will happen? يُمْدِدُكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ Your Lord will help you. It doesn't matter how strong your enemy is, how determined your enemy is, how well prepared the enemy is. They can come with all their might. But if you have sabr and you have taqwa, then Allah's help is with you. How? That Allah will help you. بِخَمْسَةِ آلَافِ With 5,000 angels. مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ 5,000 angels. مُسَوِّمِينَ that are distinguished, that are marked. Musawimin is a plural of musawim from the root letter sin wa mim. And musawim is someone who has been distinguished with a mark. Because saum, sama, is to put a mark on someone. And fighters or warriors, what would they do? They would put a mark or something on their body. Like for example, you know, some kind of color or some kind of paint or, you know, some kind of sign or some kind of cloth, you know, like... Abu Dujana, he wore a red scarf around his head. Right? So this is what? That I am ready for battle. I'm a warrior. You see my red scarf? Come and attack me and I'll fight you. So it's like inviting more fighters against you, more warriors against you, so that when they come, you can fight them. You understand what Musawimin means? Right? It doesn't mean uniformed. Okay? It means marked, distinguished, that they're ready for battle. So if you have sabr, you have taqwa, Allah's help will come. So what do we see over here? That Allah promises victory to the believers. That His help is there, it does come, but the believers have to fulfill the conditions. At Badr, were the conditions fulfilled? Yes. Did the help of Allah come? Definitely. At Uhud, were the conditions fulfilled? Yes, at the beginning. Did the help of Allah come? Yes, at the beginning. But then when they disobeyed, then what happened? The help of Allah also left. Now sometimes you may feel this, that something's going on so well, and you feel the barakah, you feel the blessing, you feel the goodness, you know, you're enjoying the work that you're doing. And then all of a sudden, difficulty on difficulty, yes, it is a test, but also reflect on yourself. Am I doing something wrong? Am I lacking sabr? Am I lacking taqwa? The help of Allah has gone. Because... If we're lacking in our sabr, in our taqwa, then the help of Allah will also depart. What do we learn in these verses? That for success, we have to fulfill these conditions. 
Secondly, we also learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent angels to help the believers at the battle of Badr. In one ayah, 3,000 angels are mentioned. In another ayah, 5,000 angels are mentioned because the angels came one by one. Okay, Meaning in groups they came. So by the end, 5,000 angels were there fighting along with the Muslims at the battle of Badr. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have granted victory to the Muslims even without the angels. Correct? Could he? He could have just said, Kun, and all the mushrikeen would lay dead. Is that possible? Allah could have said, Kun, the earth would open up, all the mushrikeen gone in. That could have happened. But Allah sent the angels. Why? There's two benefits. One, it's a good news for the Muslims that we're not alone. And secondly, Allah adopts means. We want miracles to happen. That if I am trying to study the Qur'an, then as soon as I open the jewels, you know, miraculously, the lesson should be in my head. Hmm? That miraculously, the test should be very easy, and everything just comes in my head, and I ace the test. We want miracles to happen all the time. But the fact is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses means to help us. The help of Allah comes through His means. We learn from a hadith, Jibreel came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, how do you look upon the warriors of Badr among yourselves? Meaning the people who participated in Badr, what do you think about them? The Prophet ﷺ said, as the best of the Muslims. On that, Jibreel said, and so are the angels who participated in Badr. So this shows that the angels, they did participate in the battle of Badr. Then we also learn over here that the presence of angels somewhere is a means of stability on goodness. That if the angels are present in some place, okay, that people are doing something good and the angels are also present over there, then this will be a means of being firm on goodness, being stable on goodness. In the Quran we learn that in الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ The angels descend on them. أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا Comforting them. That don't fear, don't have any regret. Instead, وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوْعَدُونَ Rejoice with the good news of Jannah that Allah has promised you. Look forward to the reward instead. So sometimes it happens that a person is in great difficulty, but he's so calm, he's so confident. And he's so hopeful for the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the same situation, another person, he is depressed and upset and angry and panicking. What's the difference? One is being comforted by the angels and the other is not. The other is being depressed by who? By the shayateen. This is why we pray, Rabbi a'udhu bika min hamazat shayateen Right? So the presence of angels somewhere is indeed a source of blessing. And the absence of angels somewhere, what is that? The opposite. That a person will not remain firm on goodness. So this is why we want the angels to be in our houses as well. From the hadith we learned that the shaitan puts waswasa in the heart of the person. And the angel on the other hand puts good thoughts. Right? So if the angels are there, inshallah, khair, barakah. So for that, one thing that we can start doing is if there is any surah, any pictures, photographs, then what do we do? Do whatever you should do, right? You know, whatever you can do. Because you want the angels to come in your house.
people complain, oh my child doesn't listen, oh my child cries so much, my husband's always yelling, my mother-in-law, I don't know what's wrong with her. You know, people complain, we have the money but there's no blessing, right? We don't know how but the bills are so high. I just hate my house. Every time I go in I feel suffocated, I don't want to run away. We complain about such things, right? It could be the absence of angels. So think about it. Are we doing our adhkar? Are we waking up for fajr? Are we praying maghrib on time? Are we praying asr on time? Are there pictures around the house? We have to look. Because the presence of angels is something that is very good. Allah says, وَمَا جَعَلَهُ اللَّهُ And Allah did not make it. What? This news that the Prophet ﷺ gave to the believers that the angels will be coming. إِلَّا except بُشْرَى لَكُمْ As good news for you. Meaning, Allah could have sent the angels without even telling the believers about it. Right? Like for example, if today, right, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends a special help to someone, do they know? They can only feel, they can only think, they don't know for sure. But the people at Badr, they were told for sure, there's 5,000 angels right here defending you. So this became what? إِلَّا بُشْرَى لَكُمْ It was good news for you. Something that would make you happy and excited. And they deserved to feel happy. Because imagine their state. 313, two horses, 70 camels. And on the other hand, you have a thousand strong men. Just imagine their state. Imagine the kind of worry and anxiety and fear the Muslims must have been feeling. And Allah gave them this good news. You have 5,000 angels. بُشْرَى لَكُمْ وَلِتَطْمَئِنَّ قُلُوبَكُمْ And so that your hearts would be reassured. لِتَطْمَئِنَّ from اِطْمِئْنَان طَى مِيمْ هَمْزَنُونَ اِطْمِئْنَان is when something comes to a stop after a lot of movement. When something was moving constantly. And then it becomes still. Like for example, a flame that's moving constantly because you were walking with the candle. And then once you put it down, then the flame is straight. This is what? اِطْمِئْنَان And اِطْمِئْنَان is basically to have peace and satisfaction after doubt. That you were in doubt. Are we going to win? Are we going to lose? In this turmoil. And then you have the satisfaction that yes, we are going to be victorious. And this is what happened. The Muslims were hopeful they were going to win because the Prophet ﷺ was with them. Right? But at the same time they knew they were very few in number. That materially, how was that possible? But then when Allah gave them the good news, 5,000 angels, then that brought them reassurance. See how much Allah cares about those who go out in His way? How much He cares about them? About their feelings? About the state of their heart? About their happiness? About the smile that can come on their faces? وَمَن نَصْرُ And help is not إِلَّا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ Except from Allah who is Al-Aziz, Al-Hakim who is the mighty, the wise. Help comes only from Allah the one who is Aziz, all-able, all-powerful to help you and Al-Hakim, the most wise. He knows how much help to give, in what way to give and whether or not to make you victorious. It's up to him. It's based on his decision. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help came at the battle of Badr in many ways. And Allah reminds the Muslims of that. That now you're so sad, you think Allah's help did not come? It did come. Allah helped you at Badr, Allah helped you at Uhud, but you lost that help yourself. 
And when the help of Allah came at Badr, you were victorious, what happened? لِيَقْطَعَ طَرَفًا لِيَقْطَعَ So that he may cut off. يَقْطَعَ From the root letters قَافْ طَاعَيْن قَطَعَ is to cut something. So he did this, meaning he helped you at Badr, granting you such victory, so that he may cut off a طَرَف A portion, a side. طَرَفَ Is the side, a portion, a piece, a part of something. Especially it is the part that is on the top or on the bottom or on the side. So basically you're talking about the edges. So for example, you have a piece of bread. What's the taraf? The edges. Okay, not the middle piece, but the edges. Okay. So لِيَقْطَعَ طَرَفًا So that he may cut off a side, a wing of who? مِنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Of those people who disbelieve. Meaning when the disbelievers were defeated at Badr, then what happened? A portion of the disbelievers were cut off. Meaning they were reduced in their size. Think about the enemy as a piece of bread. Okay? And then once a piece has gone from the side, then that bread has become smaller. Every time you cut a slice, the piece has become smaller. The loaf has become smaller. So likewise, when the enemy was defeated at Badr, then they shrank in size. They became smaller. لِيَقْطَعَ الطَّرَفَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَوْ يَكْبِتَهُمْ Or he repels them with disgrace. Yakbita from kaf bata. Kabd is a defeat, failure, humiliation. So he defeats them, he repels them, he disgraces them so that they're returned back to their homes. How? فَيَنْقَلِبُ خَائِبِينَ So that they go back as خَائِبِين As ones who are hopeless, as ones who are disappointed, who have failed miserably. Yanqalibu is from Qaf Lamba and inqilab is to return, to go back in a state that is different from the state that a person came in. So for example, a person goes to the mall empty-handed and goes back with huge bags. This is what? Inqilab. Okay? Likewise, the mushrikeen of Makkah, they came, you know, so arrogant and happy and proud and confident and they returned. How? Disappointed, failed, khaibin, plural of khaib, from the root letters khawawba. And khaib is one who has suffered loss, one who has been disappointed, meaning who has failed, who has been unsuccessful. Fayanqalibu khaibin. So the help of Allah came to A, reduce the strength of the enemy, and secondly, to return them disappointed, to return them unsuccessful. Fayanqalibu khaibin. Now, this teaches us something important, that when the believer and his enemy, they come face to face in battle, then what happens? Allah's help is with who? The believer. Allah's help is definitely there. It will definitely come. But what is needed? That we do what is necessary on our part to deserve that help. And this is not just at the time of battle, but in doing anything that is challenging, that is difficult in life. If you want the help of Allah, you have to do your part. Allah says, لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٌ You do not have any authority when it comes to the matter. The matter of who? Of the people, their destiny, their end, their final outcome. What happened was that at the battle of Uhud, when Khalid bin Walid and Ikrimah bin Abi Jahl, when they collected the mushrikeen and they attacked the Muslims, 
The Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims have suffered a great loss. Seventy men died. The Prophet ﷺ had to climb up a mountain as well as the rest of the Muslims in order to save their lives. And when the Prophet ﷺ was there up on the mountain, he was looking at the mushrikeen and he said, كَيْفَ يُفْلِحُ قَوْمٌ فَعَلُوا هَذَا بِنَبِيِّهِمْ وَهُوَ يَدْعُوهُمْ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ عَزَّ وَجَلْ He said, how can a people be successful after having done this to their Prophet who is calling them to their Lord? Because the Prophet ﷺ was wounded, he was injured, he was bleeding profusely. So he said, how will Allah guide such people? How can such people be guided? They cannot be guided after they have done this to the Messenger of Allah. After they have harmed the Muslims in this way. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, no, you do not have the right to say anything like that. If we suffer something at the hand of our enemy, what do we say? Bad things about the enemy. We pray against them. Or we say, oh, this person's definitely going to hellfire. Or this person, you know, I feel sorry for them. It's apparently that I have been defeated, but actually I feel sorry for them because they're going to hellfire. Allah will ask them. Allah will never forgive them. Allah will punish them and their children and their children and their children. Right? Allah will ruin their strength. You know, people say all kinds of things. Correct? Any person who says something negative about Islam, immediately what happens? We flare up. We say, he's going to hell. He is cursed. He is this. He is that. May Allah punish him in the worst way. May Allah do this to him and that to him and his children and his money. You know, we pray whatever we can against that person, against whoever those people are. We develop hatred. Right? And we start becoming judgmental about them. We start deciding their fate. But what does Allah say? لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ You do not have any say, any authority with regards to al-amr, with regards to the matter. Which matter? The matter of people, their affairs, their fate, their destiny, their outcome, their future. أَوْ يَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ It's possible that Allah can turn to them in mercy. أَوْ يُعَذِّبَهُمْ Or He can punish them. And if He punishes them, فَإِنَّهُمْ ظَالِمُونَ Then indeed they are wrongdoers. So, أَوْ يَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ أَوْ يُعَذِّبَهُمْ This is connected with the previous ayah. That either Allah will cut off a portion of them, so that some of them are killed in battle, or the rest of them will go back home unsuccessful, or Allah can turn to them in mercy, or Allah can punish them for their wrong, and if He does punish them, then definitely they're deserving of it. And remember, أَوْ يَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ What does this mean? Allah's tawbah towards people is two times. One, when Allah gives tawfiq to a person to repent. And second, when Allah accepts his repentance. And didn't this happen? Huh? What happened? Khalid bin Walid, Ikna bin Abi Jahl, radiyallahu anhum, both of them who actually led the mushrikeen back, they both embraced Islam. They both embraced Islam. And when we mention their name now, we say, Radiyallahu Anhu. Isn't that amazing? You know, when we read about the wars and the battles, and we have this kind of hatred for the mushrikeen, right? This ghadab. But then when you read it, Khalid and Walid, you can't be angry. Right? You want to be, but you can't be. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is very forgiving. The doors of His mercy are open. The doors of tawbah are open for anyone, even if he has committed such a crime against the Prophet Allah can forgive. 
So please, never be judgmental about the enemy, about a person who may be saying negative things about Islam, about a person who you know, may be doing wrong things against the religion of Allah. Don't say any such statement because we do not decree. We are not the judges, the rulers. Allah is the one who judges. He is the one who decrees. The authority does not lie with us. It lies with Him alone. And whenever you see someone doing something wrong, saying something wrong, then what should we do? Pray for their guidance. You know, if a person has died in a particular way, that's different. But as long as a person is living, please pray for their guidance. That may Allah guide them. May Allah show them the truth. May Allah help them realize that after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, so many nations, they attacked the Muslims. So many wars happened. Many people, they apostated. People proclaimed prophethood. So there were many, many wars. And we see that Khalid and Walid was at the forefront. He led so many battles in which the Muslims were successful. So be careful about our words. Let's be very careful. We are not those who judge. Allah is the one who judges. Allah says, وَلِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ To Allah belong whatever is in the heavens and whatever that is in the earth. يَغْفِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ He forgives whomsoever He wills. وَيُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ And He punishes whomsoever He wills. وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ And Allah is forgiving and merciful. So at the end of the day, all matters lie with Allah alone. All matters of people, whether it is their guidance or their misguidance, their destiny, whatever he is the true Malik. And if you see, even the Prophet ﷺ do not have the right to make such a statement. Then do we have the right? No. The Prophet ﷺ do not have any control over the fate, the destiny of people. Then do we have any control over that? No, we don't. Ultimately, it is Allah who guides. It is Allah who guides. So ask Allah for the guidance of those people who may be very far from Islam. Because you never know, things might change. Recitation. وَلَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِبَدْرٍ وَأَنْتُمْ أَذِلَّهِ فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ إِذْ تَقُولُ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَلَنْ يَكْفِيَكُمْ أَنْ يُمِدَّكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ بِثَلَاثَةِ آلَافٍ مِّنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ مُنْزَلِينَ بَلَا إِنْ تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا وَيَأْتُوكُمْ مِنْ فَوْرِهِمْ هَذَا يُمْدِدْكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ يُمْدِدْكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ بِخَمْسَةِ آلَافٍ مِنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ مُسَوِّمِينَ وَمَا جَعَلَهُ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بُشْرَى لَكُمْ وَلِتَطْمَئِنَّ قُلُوبُكُمْ بِهِ وَمَا النَّصْرُ إِلَّا مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَكِيمِ لِيَقْطَعَ طَرَفًا مِنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَوْ يَكْبِتَهُمْ فَيَنْقَلِبُوا خَائِبِينَ 